tonight, is there a whiff of an upset in State of Origin 2? Or would you have to have a few kangaroos loose in the top paddock to tip New South Wales? We'll find out from Blues legend Andrew Eddinghausen. Another slide down the slippery slope for Eddie Maguire as Eddie Jones adds an immortal to his recipe for a wallaby whitewash. And LeBron's Cleveland beats Golden State and history to take the NBA championship. Put down the phone, gather the family around to catch that page live. Wanted to run around in the baggy green. Be on TV shows like this where we can have a laugh. Never ever give up. They think women are strong enough, but we just be the world. Their senses are gold. I got punched in the back of the head regularly. It was just unfortunate. It was from a coach. G'day everybody, welcome. Uh, great to have you with us on Origin Eve and here to tackle anything that moved in the world of sport this week. Uh, Kelly Underwood and Robert Braddock, hello and welcome to you both. Uh, and this side, Jules Schiller uh, alongside the great Adam Spencer. Oh, I don't get it, Brian. Oh, okay. Decidedly average Julian Schiller. <laughs> <laughs> so much great sport we're going to have to get to. And yet, Adam Spencer, I don't think you will be surprised that I choose to start at this wonderful moment from a very wet Sydney cricket ground it was wet. on Sunday. It was very wet. Adam Spencer comes. <laughs> Very wet conditions. What? Just talk us through what's happening there, big fella. That was the celebrity kick for goal competition for Red uh, Pike, the National Children's Cancer Charity. Yeah. I was captaining the red team, so kicking last for the red yeah. team. We'd already won at that stage by four goals to three. And as you know, Tony, yes. it's never been about me. No, of course. I'm not a, self, a selfish guy like that. I it's all that. about the entertainment. It's mm. all about the theatre. It's yeah. all about the fans. And what brings kids back? Yeah. Watching fat old men fall <laughs> on their bums in the mud. When so commentators that... say you could kick it with your bedroom slippers, they don't actually mean you should no. wear the bedroom slippers. I got the medical report was knee 100%, ankle 100%, pride, bad bruise. It's going to take weeks. Well, you and Travis Cloak would be good big exactly. at the moment. <laughs> it was. Anyone, Adam, anyone can have a bad sporting day. As it turns out, you've had a couple. I just thought I'd throw this in as oh, well. Oh, just... <laughs> Now we know. Now we know, now we know why you introduced him as the great Adam Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> and then goes back right. Look at that. Look at that. Absolutely brilliant. Welcome back, buddy. No, All right. Nice <laughs> State of Origin 2, the redemption tomorrow night in Brisbane. Never has there been so much excitement about an Origin game. By never, I mean always. Still, there is plenty at stake as Queensland coach Kevin Walters and, of course, Blues coach Laurie Daly had to say today. I'm quite uh, immune to um, what's going on. All, all I'm worried about is, is, uh, is trying to get this team to win game two. Um, who knows, Queensland might be the ones under pressure. Um, they're expected to win. My fear of failure is driving me again from, from game one. I understand the importance that, that this Queensland team means uh, to the Queensland public and we've just been driving that as much as we can about you know, how important it is to play well when you put that jersey on. And these guys, are, you know, it's not something new to them. That's the, the culture that was in, you know, instilled in them through Mal way back in 2006, and we're just—I'm just really spinning plates, just trying to make sure that that momentum continues as best it can. There's been a decided lack of argy-bargy of needle going on, which has kind of undermined the excitement level, I think, ahead of Game Two tomorrow night. But just going back to Laurie Daly, there, is he under pressure? Should they lose tomorrow? Absolutely. I mean, look, that's the big story tomorrow night. The, the Blues' two leaders, Daly and Gallant. I mean. If Laurie loses by a whisker tomorrow night, he lives on probably to the third year of his contract. But we keep hearing the stories that if they lose badly the Blues, 
then that means three losses out of four series, and that's probably gone and no obvious replacement. So you could mount a, a, an argument for saying this is one of the most important games in New South Wales history, and also Paul Gallen. I mean, like, if, if they lose badly tomorrow night, and I know he probably plans to quit after the last game, but why should he play the last game? You've got to rebuild. We're actually doing a story in tomorrow's paper quoting your own Benny Elias uh -huh. saying that, exactly that. Here it is, Jurassic Narc. Mm -hmm. and oh. <laughs> the end, is this the end of Paul Gallen? OK, we've taken a bit of a satirical touch to it. So unlike you at the Yeah, you guys, yeah. really? Mm. Well, I never. <laughs> Slap my cheeks. But, 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 but it is a, a genuine point. Should Paul Gallen play in the last game if, if they get towed up tomorrow night? And this is the same with Laurie. So... Huge game for New South Wales. What about the build-up of reading? Usually I like sitting down with the co coffee and the paper, reading your paper and the Sydney paper and the argy-bargy. I'm reading words like dull, fizzer, light type, all of this sort of stuff. And is it true that it's actually not a sellout tomorrow night? I've got to say, this is the most stunning story of the week. I remember as a kid, you'd have to sit on the phone and try and get Origin tickets or duck out to that little outlet no-one else knew about. <laughs> yeah. They were gone in two hours. There's still standing room left for tomorrow. I can't believe it. Two, two things, they're too dear. Uh, you know, the $200 tickets were some of the last to go. And secondly, it's too late. These games for kids start at 8.20, 8.30. It's it, on a weeknight for, for kids. Gee, I'd love to see him start early. I just love the image of Crash as a boy taking the last carrier pigeon, <laughs> pushing it on its way towards the ticket office, <laughs> it back. What, why do... I mean, why... If Queensland will win tomorrow, it looks like they will, why don't they present the trophy to Queensland and why do they have a Game 3? I mean, I'm a neutral to State of Origin. Why we, do they we, have a Game 3? Yeah, because we, we, we're going to talk about the NBA champs very soon, where the, if, if Golden State were to win 4-1, they wouldn't bother with the other two games. Why would you have a hollow game in Sydney and give Queensland a trophy that they'd won a few weeks back? It, it, it's a good argument, but there's a million reasons. Television, it rates three million. Money. Uh, money, You're money, money. You're not going to go through a million, are you? Sorry? You're not going to go through a million reasons there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also the fact that, you know, they do the program well in advance. And I actually don't mind presenting this like the Ashes right at the yeah. end of the series, you know. Uh, look, how low, Crash, how low can they go? The Blues, their final, I think it was a captain's run at Suncorp today, and they play the Queenslanders, play packages of Queensland tries on the big screen <laughs> while the Blues are training. Get this you know, idiot. You know what this was? This was a great old-fashioned Aussie G-up because the boys in the video box were waiting for the former Queensland players' lunch, which is due to start... And uh, they were watching the Blues and thought, we better not. Hey, what do you think? And they thought, bugger this, get this up here. And a bit of Greg Inglis running around last year when Queensland won 52-6. <laughs> I do love these pictures, though, from the, uh, the Maroons training camp, as if they didn't have enough kangaroos in the team. Uh, just look where they're training and who gets about... It's just brilliant. So many, in fact, that they had to get... Uh, I think it might have been Steve Boxhead Walters to get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> to get them off training pads. So that's a former rugby league legend, brother <laughs> of co in a golf cart. Yes. Shooing kangaroos. Well, he knows how to do it. Oh, it works. <laughs> this is what would go around the world, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Americans would think all Australian sport is interrupted by kangaroos. Yeah. That and the fact that the Queensland team's complaining that they've all had gastro. I mean, Crash, what's going on? Well, we've got some tragic footage to prove it, but there's always some drama, isn't it? I didn't think it was uh, authentic until uh, we heard some of the players... You know, well, smelt them, uh, the boys were saying at training, it was quite horrendous. When you have gastro, you don't want to hear the phrase, we left it all out on the field, do you? Like that. This is the team photo you might be alluding to, uh, Crash, I'm sure exactly went on here, but just boys. 
I think uh, Cooper Cronked, you could probably say <laughs> yes. during that team photo. <laughs> Somebody let Fluffy off the chain. There's obviously what has gone on there. People to are eating it... dinner out there, boys. That's yep. terrible. Yeah, that's true. It is terrible. <laughs> All right, uh, one of the things that they have done, Queensland, in an effort, I guess, to get ticket sales going, is they've forced Corey Parker to retire, which has been a terrific idea. <laughs> uh, just so he can sell some more tickets for what will be his final Origin game. Here's what he had to say, though, when he did announce his uh, retirement. My mates were looking sideways at me, thinking... Maybe it's past him. So I appreciate everyone who's here and has supported me through this journey. It's not quite finished yet. Um, and I look forward to what the future brings. If you didn't miss the start of that quote, he did say, I didn't want my mates to be looking at me and wondering whether I, you know, had still in, which is, I think is the right time if you're going to decide to retire when you're before that actually happens. Yeah, he's such a cool guy. I love seeing him break down there because he's, he's so composed normally. That, that's good. Been a great club man. To me, he's been rugby league's Matthew Hayden, the guy the selectors for years just sort of, oh, I didn't rate that, no, no. And then finally got again, they thought, when he got in, this guy's good, you know? Well, that's why Wayne Bennett said he could imagine yep. teammates playing really hard for this guy for the rest of the year. Five years ago, he might not have thought Corey would attract that sort of devotion and loyalty from his teammates. Oh, he was very abrasive as a young guy. And him and Shane Webke <laughs> used to get on at training, serious wrestling... And the, other, the rest of the boys would be training up the end of the paddock and, and they'd be on. But his professionalism, there was one anecdote about him. He was the only player, if he was nominated a weight for the off-season, like 90 kilograms, he could get it to within one gram. Basically a diet biscuit of the right weight. Like, he was such a pro. All right, we're going to talk more origin when Andrew Eddingshausen joins us as, as our special guest in the not-too-distant future. All right, Eddie Maguire. They're the two words. I don't think I need to say any more. But before we have a crack, let's listen to the words that started the fire. This is Maguire and the Triple M team talking about Fairfax award-winning journalist Caroline Wilson. In fact, I reckon we should start the campaign for a one-person slide next year. Caroline Wilson, and I'll put in uh, 10 grand straight away. Make it 20. <laughs> and, it, and if she stays under, 50. <laughs> <laughs> It was the joke of the day because that's what everyone was saying. I was copying it as well. Can't wait for you to go in. Hope you don't come out. Yeah. That was what was going on in that situation. No person should ever feel uneasy or threatened in football's family. And for that, I'm deeply sorry and I apologise unreservedly to Caroline for putting her in that position. What have we made of, uh, of this, of the, uh, the, what they had to say in the beginning, and then, of course, the series of apologies? I, I should make clear, anything I say is my own personal opinion, nothing to do with being number one ticket holder at the Swans or anything. Yep. What I find difficult when these events always happen is the first position seems to be taken by the person, I'm not going to apologise, I've got nothing to apologise for. Then, a little bit later, you get a sort of half-cook, half-baked statement, which is normally along the lines of... I'm really sorry if anyone doesn't realise that was funny and doesn't have my sense. Then it emerges into something that seems like a contrite, genuine apology. And I think the problem that Eddie's created for himself here, in taking that long to get to an apology, people are starting to ask, well, is that really more not because of Holden's putting pressure on you about Collingwood now? Is it because you lost the public relations war? Is it what you actually feel? If you make a mistake, own it, put your hand up, Say sorry. If you're going to apologise, apologise properly or don't faux apologise. I think it's interesting people have said nothing has changed and it's the boys' club and it's blokey and things like that. But I think if you look at that, something has changed because previously that would have been said and nothing would have happened. Now, five days later, social media and there's, there's so many um, women who are into sport have podcasts and write blogs and they've picked this up. 
and they've, they've put it into the cold light of public day and people have looked at it and said, you know what, there's something wrong about what's being said here. And I think that generally a lot of the... Play I was with Danny Frawley at Fox Footy on Sunday and they're, they're generally kind of, I think, you know, embarrassed and they are a little... When they look at it, they think, yeah, that is wrong. So I think we can say nothing's changed in a certain way, but I think in, in many ways it has. I mean, these guys have, have been forced to give unreserved apologies, and that's probably a good thing for broadcasting in the future, Cal. Yeah, I agree with you to some extent, but how can you not sit back and think, you know, a bunch of guys sitting around laughing about the possibility of drowning a woman is funny? I mean, that's the first thing that stands out to me, is Eddie Maguire thought he was being funny. Secondly, he's got form in this issue. You know, his Adam Goods comments. So the, the fact that the AFL sort of haven't come down a little bit harder, I think, on him is disappointing. Um, but that was, a... Sorry, that was the interesting thing. When Gillan McLaughlin appeared, at the beginning of his statement, it was like, we're not going to take this. But there was then no punishment. But is a punishment to Eddie Maguire, like a financial punishment, that's not going to do anything, is it? No, it's not. And just having this conversation, you know, obviously he needs a little bit of education in this sort of area. Um, people are talking about maybe stripping him, taking away what means the most, and that is working on the game he loves, so strip him of his media accreditation. I'm not sure whether there is a fitting penalty. I guess, from my perspective, the most disappointing um, factor of it as a woman that works in the AFL industry, is that these guys probably don't realise how much power and influence they have. And so when they say that on radio, it's giving their listeners permission to act like that towards women in the media. It's basically giving them a green light to say, hey, we can mock the women in the media, so you can as well. And you only have to jump online to see what horrible things are written about, yes, yep. all of us, but particularly women in the sports media. And it's just... You know, full credit to Caroline Wilson, who's copped it for a long time, yeah. and she admits she's a journalist and she dishes it out, but there is a line. And to stand up and say, you know what, it's 2016 and this sort of stuff is no longer acceptable. I think that, you know, you can make... I mean, it's an interesting issue because people say it's not a joke. It, it was a joke in the sense that jokes can be offensive and they can be sexist and they can be racist, and it wasn't, a, it, it wasn't an attempt at a joke. He made a joke, and jokes can be foul in many ways. I'm not saying that was... But as someone who broadcasts, you know, I've worked on Triple M, Triple J, Nova, you know, when you do make a joke about a, a powerful woman or a woman in the media, you think, is, it, is, is there violence in this? Is it demeaning? Am I making fun of her appearance? Am I being mean-spirited? You can make jokes about Carolyn Wilson. She is in the media. She's high profile. Yeah. You could do a great impersonation of her. You could talk hmm. that the ice bath was frostier than her and yeah. James Heard on a date or something. You know, you could, you could bring up many things about her career that are funny. Yeah. It's just when it, when it has yeah. that personal, sinister aspect to oh. it, that's what's it, wrong it, about and, it. And, and, and it was nasty. violent. And it yes, was, yeah. it, was violent. it was one of the most nastiest, distasteful things. I don't get this whole joke thing. I thought it was a deliberate attempt to discredit uh, an esteemed journalist and was pathetic. And, that boys' club in Melbourne, fair dinkum. You know, it rolled along for five days without anyone saying anything. It mm. took a voice from Sydney to, to out it, you know. Mm. It says a lot about it, maybe the people that were listening to the radio station at the time. You're employed by Triple M. There's been a lot of yep. talk in Melbourne and, and pressure on maybe instead of the AFL to act that Triple M should take some form of action. What, what's your opinion on it? Well, well, they spoke to all those people involved directly and they were told, and as have all on-air staff at Triple M around the country, that there's no context in which that kind of language is appropriate. Uh, all on-air staff will now have uh, training sessions with uh, people from White Ribbon. So there is a clear move and a belief that what was said was absolutely inappropriate and everybody has to be better. Do you know what, Tone? You shouldn't need it. It's just yeah. plain common sense. Absolutely. For, for a club president, like, yeah, like yeah. two club presidents in there, yeah. like, like they should need it. That, that, they should have had that lecture when they were 18 years old.
There were, there were some moments in broadcasting, I'm not talking about Eddie, what he had to say, but sometimes when you're sitting around, there were, the, the voices we heard that were mm. laughing in the background, often you kind of laugh because you think, that's how oh, well, I'll be a supportive laugh, and mm. it's not actually what you mean. And when you break it down loud, you go, well, what the hell was I thinking? Yeah. And clearly people weren't thinking, and that's where it has to change in professional broadcasting. All right, well, still with uh, the Apologetic Football League, Kangaroos uh, <laughs> coach Brad Scott <laughs> admits he was wrong to suggest umpires had a policy of not awarding Lindsay Thomas free kicks because he was a ducker. Now, uh, unlike the early Eddie attempts, there was no mistaking Brad Scott was apologising. Uh, I'd like to add my personal unreserved apology uh, for statements made, and I'm here today again to... Uh, issue my own personal apology. So, again, I issue uh, a personal, public, uh, unreserved apology uh, for statements made on Friday night. I think he was sorry. I think that I came get the through. impression he was apologising. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, that's how you apologise. You yeah. man up, you cop it on the chin, you're sincere, and you realise that you've done something wrong. If he could have his time over again, he would never have said those comments. And guess what happens? Everyone yeah. moves on. Yeah. So he got, he got what, 30000 30000 The um, club got 50000 And what did Eddie get? He get? Did he get fined? Uh, Eddie got zero. Okay. Look, <laughs> se separate issues, hard to compare. Good to see that the AFL is um, taking umpire abuse very seriously. It'd be good to see if the AFL yeah. one day take the respect for women just as seriously. It was entertaining, that press conference with Brad. I love it when coaches blow up. I mean, I know we all get outraged, so it's not... I still say, Adam, a pay-per-view channel where coaches have a few drinks after yep. a game, they go in, <laughs> you pay 50 bucks now, and they just blow up, just straight down the camera. It's exactly what they think. That's what, that's what we call need. It, call it Fox Sports, pay notice. Yeah, tell, it, tell it like tell it, it is. like it is. Channel 508. <laughs> coaches go wild. Yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> Geelong uh, suddenly favourites as well. And the good news is that the local newspaper is not getting carried away with the form of their star recruit, uh, Patrick Dangerfield. Is. <laughs> is that Photoshop? It's hard to tell. <laughs> he is the Pope. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, just brilliant. He, he has been playing great footy, though, Kel, hasn't he? Yes, the Geelong Padvertiser, I think yeah. they call it yeah. these days. <laughs> it's front and back page. Uh, Paddy, uh, but yes, he has the overwhelming favourite for the Brownlow medal and... They're playing St Kilda this Saturday night, a game I'm calling. So it's, you actually get excited to go and watch the best players, yeah. don't you? So. Some, some old-fashioned Cats fans are saying they have not enjoyed the footy as much since the great Gary Ablett Senior was playing. That, that, that same vibe going to the footy. They've won three flags since then. But, but, but do you know that... that Remember what Gary brought to the, the footy? Yeah, the that is what's going to happen today. Brings yeah. through the gates. Yeah, we can he? see some of his action. You can see why they want to go along and have a look at uh, him in action because this is just brilliant on the outside. He's so quick. And then there's just pop it in from the boundary line on the 50 and never in doubt. That is good skill right there. Amazing that's, that this... That's papal infallibility for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right exactly, there. Exactly what it is. They do look good. Uh, they're the real deal. Whether well, they'll topple the Swans, we don't know, because another superstar continues his great season. I'm talking about Buddy Frank. Mm. Leads the right. Coleman medal race and racked up his 750th goal in that SCG slush we saw earlier. Can I, yeah, that was a, a tough spot to kick from just was there. Right. Pretty much where I did. <laughs> right, right. Probably fair to say he made even better contact with the ball than I did. Well, I can see him there. Yeah, he yeah. does look good. Yeah, uh, big man. Oh, hello. No, that, that was a technical thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Adam. That was a technical thing. That wasn't supposed to be on the back. That is the 750th 
time you've done that. <laughs> Buddy, of course, kicked 580 goals at Hawthorne. Yes, so he's now best kicked period. 173 yeah. at the Swans. I've looked at that goal in the week and it was the 82nd best of the 173. <laughs> Didn't that Swans game have it all? It was one-sided, low-scoring, boring and no-one turned up. So <laughs> oh, wow. Which and and yet mean, we get the Swans, we talk about yeah, them we at talk the about back it. I flicked over to the World Paintline Championships at one stage. And <laughs> that. The Swans kicked 86 points in torrential conditions. You can't expect a Melbourne team to handle wintry conditions no. like that. Oh. <laughs> 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 Let's move on swiftly. The NBA Championship is once again safely in Australian hands mm. after Matthew Delavidova's Cleveland Cavaliers won Game 7 against the Warriors. Sure, Delhi actually didn't get on the floor for the side, but he does have he the ring, the, Kel. Look at this block the, from LeBron. That is the best block that you will ever see. Long live the king. Sport is ultimate reality television. I can tell you, I sat on the couch with a lot of other people, no doubt, out there, and my jaw was on the ground watching the last few minutes of this. It reminded, it took me back to JT winning that grand final yeah. last year. It was absolutely extraordinary. Scores were level with three minutes to go, two minutes to go, one minute to go in the seventh game. And it had been so one-sided, all the other games. But um, No team's ever come back from the 3-1 no. down. They're now saying LeBron ranks alongside Michael Jordan, in some people's opinions, as the greatest player ever. Yep. Three-time MVP in the playoffs. Do you think it's an indictment on the game, though, when the owner is the guy who gets to hold the trophy aloft? I mean, you would love to see LeBron, wouldn't you? Just, you know, I, I find that odd in America that the corporate, you what, know, they the gave it to him team. first. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Because LeBron got his hands on yeah, it. Yeah, we did see plenty of LeBron with that. Yeah. I think you can assume once LeBron gets it, no yeah. one else is getting yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And it's just the story of LeBron, isn't it? I mean, the fact that he was, you know, went number one draft pick to his hometown, the yeah. Cavs. Yeah. He couldn't get the job done. They the all turned on shirts. him. That's right. And he went to Miami yeah. and he won two and he had the chance to set up a Michael Jordan dynasty and win multiple, and he went, you know what? We never see loyalty in big business yeah, sport. Yeah. And he turned his back on that, he went home, he had the promise, and he delivered. It's just You're right. It's it, it, was, it was all about Le LeBron. Uh, even when Delhi, our man, he tried to get involved, he, he got snubbed. Look, LeBron, he comes up, hey, 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 he's hey. my man. He just walked yeah. away. He <laughs> <laughs> said nothing. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry, but that, I love Delhi, but he looks like a competition <laughs> winner. <laughs> <laughs> Radio stations want a chance to sit with the he team. He did last year. He was extraordinary last year. But that's because Kyrie Irving was um, was injured. Hey, Delhi's an awesome story. I mean, come on. The guys from Maryborough, town oh, of 7,000 yeah, yeah. in Victoria, never got drafted, overlooked. He's small for an NBA player. He's still six foot. Look, see, here he, he snuck up to business class. This is just reward for hard work. I mean, it never drafted. Did it tough in the summer leagues. He finally got a, a spot with the Cavs. Did well last year. In fact, regular season did really well, but they obviously just stuck with their starting gun five and he didn't get any court time. As oh, Andrew Bogut didn't get any yeah. court time in the and winning game last year, but would you care? I mean, seriously. No professional team from Cleveland, I think, has won a sporting event for 15 years. 1964 was yeah. the last time yeah. they won anything. So they are celebrating big time. I think they started backstage, well, in their dressing room, which is terrific, but this is they got off the plane, they went to Vegas... Uh, first, had some time Stop there. over in Vegas. Yeah. Are you yeah. right? From Oakland back to Cleveland, and then they are just given the full rock star treatment. It's beautiful, isn't it? Uh, you've got a message for people with their phones, Jules? Uh, oh, yes, landscape. Yeah, if landscape. If you want to put it on YouTube, oh. <laughs> landscape for people. You get... What I love about Delhi is did you, there's pictures of him. They're all drinking Cristal in Vegas and, you know, and Bollinger, and <laughs> Delhi's got a can <laughs> of Corona. Yeah. Like, not even a stubby. There he yeah. is. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
<laughs> don't get too fancy. What is, competition what is that top winner? as well? I'm not yeah. sure about Delhi's fashion what sense. But... The celebration, as we said, they, they started very early, as you'd expect. And the good news is they were very prepared. Nike provided the champagne goggles, as you can see here. Because you just don't want to get that champagne in your eyes, Adam, as you're celebrating. So there they are. I'm not sure if they're related to your beer goggle, but it's uh, champagne goggles. By the end of the night, you've got a snorkel, because the room is about eight foot deep <laughs> in the good stuff. Exactly right. All right, uh, salt into the wound for Australians. Not only are England 2-0 up over the Wallabies, but Eddie Jones has dragged the great Andrew Johns in to help England's push for a three-block whitewash this weekend. Crash Craddock, is that right? Oh, I don't like it, because I reckon Joan, uh, Andrew John should be on board with someone in Australia, but it's typical of the very clever, scheming Eddie Jones. Yep. He, he had a stroke a couple of years ago, and he spent 30 days in hospital looking at a ceiling... And he's gone from being the world's most intense man to... He's probably still in the top 50, but he's just become more fun. He smiles his way through life more and he's forever pulling these little left-field things. So Andrew Johns can't make an imprint on that team before Saturday night's Test match, but he can just get in the mind of the Australians, can't he? What's he up to? What's he doing? What are they going to come up with? I mean, he's he's very gets, clever. He gets on the back page of the Daily Telegraph on the day before State of yeah, Origin. Yeah, and yeah. It's not anywhere to be seen. He's having fun. He looks so, actually... He is intense, but, but he's had a smile on his face he all to her. played it perfectly. Oh, absolutely. It well, really Steve Hansen, the All Blacks coach, has said that he has won the mind games and, in fact, he's in some ways bullied Michael Checker, the, the Wallabies coach, and, in fact, that has translated to what's gone on on the field. Do you think there's any truth Well, it was what this? Phil Kern said on this program a couple of weeks ago. He said, I back Australia in the first test. Mm. Yep. But once England start to yep. hit their straps, the last two could be difficult. And Kearns was just out by a test. They got yes. us in the first... They got us again in a second, and you'd be brave to pick them not going three dots. Well, that was Hanson just sort of starting his own mind game, was it? And he flushed Michael Checker out today. Michael Checker came out and said, oh, look, you can easy to kick a man while he's down. Hanson can't lose as the All Blacks coach, can he? Yeah. Because if... What, ab what about the surface at Amy Park? And now this was an embarrassment, wasn't it, for, for the Wallabies and for Australian rugby, if they want to put... This is uh, in the scrum here. Just look at that. It was funny because, you know, Wallabies losing, you think they'd want the earth to open up and swallow them whole. <laughs> and they almost did. And they saw this coming from months out. The surface has been poor all year. I always thought when they played the Lions since the Eddie had stadium a few years back, it was fine. Would have loved to have seen him go back there. That's absolute embarrassment. It, when you've got a referee saying, guys, I feel sorry for both teams, that's a chronic embarrassment. Yeah, it was absolutely wrong. And then, of course, it affected the scrums, which is a problem because is there anything as exciting as a scrum? Not according to Fox Sports commentator Greg Martin. Now, here is a piece of commentary you will never hear in a game of rugby league. Oh, now, this is a scrum worth waiting for. What a delicious prospect. It's like, Delicious. it's like coming up to lunch and saying, wow, I've got a sayo biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> How exciting. Brilliant, Marta. All right, somewhere between rugby league and rugby union is Semi Rajraja at the moment. That's if we were to believe the reports, although they've changed Crash over the last minutes. He's walked out on the eels we first heard. Was he set to do a Sonny Bill Williams head to uh, rugby in France? Now we're hearing it's just as a bye week. He's coming back. Then we're hearing he was planning to go, but it's all changed. It What's has. Happening? The story as of about half an hour ago yep. may have changed in the last 20 minutes. Beautiful. No, and semi. But that initially they planned uh, with the club for him to go to French rugby, but the NRL found out about it and said, uh-uh, that ain't happening while you've got a contract with Parramatta, which is only 250 grand for a guy of that status, small. He yep. could probably earn nearly a million in French rugby. You can understand it. I bet you he gets there eventually, 
but he may have to play out his days at Parramatta. But I still can't believe he got a kangaroo's jumper, Tony. Yeah, that is... Really? Do you feel uncomfortable? Yeah, it does a bit of the moment. The mail, the mail I'm getting right, oh, right. now, okay, he has just been selected to play left fullback <laughs> for Germany in the Euros. <laughs> <laughs> now that's going to be worth it. He will be playing Angry Birds. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up, Andrew Eddingshausen joins us, the US Open golf, and we pay tribute to Billy Bowden after his cruel dumping from international cricket. <laughs> week, uh, Russian thugs were tearing up Marseille during Euro 2016. Now they've seen their team hammered 3-0 by Wales. Some justice in that, boys. What a great story Wales is. Gareth Bale, the mm. top scorer of the Euros, and that's why he's allowed to walk the streets of Cardiff with a man bun. He is that good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and to, they actually won their group. They beat England. England, all, Even though England beat them in the group game, um, Wales topped the group, which was something that nobody predicted. Mm -hmm. They've been one of the stories of the Euros, as well as Iceland. Oh. Iceland haven't lost a game yet. They've drawn both. Do you know there's, there's only 300,000 people in Iceland, and you'd like this, Adam, if you do the demographics, every male of playing age, you've got a one in 2,000 chance of playing for the Icelandic national <laughs> team. Well, because they've got what? They've got about... Three, 300,000. So about 1% of our population. So yep. that, would be, that would be like my chance of playing for the Swans if they picked 2,000 people every week, <laughs> yeah, not right. just 22. What a great story. Yeah. It is a great story. We've seen you kick. Your chance of playing with the Swans. <laughs> I'm not in the top 2,000 <laughs> at the moment. OK. Iceland's yeah. coach is, their dent is a dentist... <laughs> And 10% of the population have bought tickets to see their games. Oh, Amazing man. story. A stupid fan behaviour award this time around goes to Croatia, who tried to calm the mob, we thought, uh, tried to calm them down after flares were thrown. But you're telling me, uh, Julian, that this is, in fact, a more complex story. Yes, the Croatian Football Association oh, has been um, accused of corruption. Uh, there's been an element of, of the fans, Adam, you know this, that have been trying to disrupt Croatian international football have drawn swastikas on the pitches, have now done this deliberately to interrupt the momentum of their team when they're winning. They don't so, like the current regime and they don't want their national team to win while these people are So they've travelled to Europe. They'd rather get a game cancelled or their team disqualified for the tournament for so, yeah, so, bad behaviour. So fans fought after that from the same team. Which is, you know, unheard of, but that's that shows how desperate Even they are. Even by European football standards, <laughs> it's a screwed up situation. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. The Irish fans, on the other hand, they, they've been far friendlier. Uh, even their send off to the Swedish team was positive. What's that saying about Irish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love 
love it. Uh, <laughs> our guest from last week, Jared Talent, got a bonus last Friday. Uh, he received his gold medal from uh, London that he was robbed of, and the Olympic ban on the Russian athletic team was confirmed, Robert Craddock. Yes, and they got what they deserved. Uh, when they sent, when they promised to change their ways last November, since then they've refused 720 drug tests. And oh. Russia brought in these foreign journalists and said, you can interview wh whoever you like, but then some of the athletes said, you should be able to take performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> you know, like you can out in the street, you know what I mean? So that was the, the death knell for them. It, it, they couldn't participate in these games. Common sense has prevailed, and it doesn't always happen in sport, but it did this time, yeah, Kel. It's a pretty big statement to make, isn't it? I mean, because it's not just about sport, this is also about politics and we're mm. talking about the very, very powerful Russia. So there's still some, you know, plenty of time before the Olympics. What sort of reaction is Russia going to receive at the opening ceremony when they're introduced? It'll be fascinating. Yeah, I reckon knowing Rio for being what it is, there'll be cheers but also be boos and, and the, the other athletes are still uh, viewed with the greatest suspicion, mm. honestly. They, they really are. There was a nice story, Adam, on the other hand, about the, the women's water polo. Australian team. women's water polo. Well done. They announced the team yesterday and the way the girls who were in found out, they each got a phone call from the player in the matching position from the 2000 Australian team that won the gold medal wow. in Sydney. So Leah Yanitsis, for example, the goalkeeper, got a call from Liz Weeks, the greatest goalkeeper of all time, saying, hey, you're in the team. I'm really proud Isn't of you. fantastic? What a beautiful way to do it. That These girls great. were getting phone calls from their idols saying... You are now me, 16 years on. Yeah. Well, Great stuff. I thought you were going to say Osher Gunsberg and a rose ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Dustin Johnson has a major winning the US Open despite a bizarre one-stroke penalty rule hanging over his head for most of the final round after this incident where it hasn't addressed the ball. It moves crash absolutely minutely, the ball you can see in that uh, extreme close-up. There it goes, pop back. Now, there was no real ruling immediately... It hung over his head for the entire final round until he got through and still won the thing. This was absolutely crazy, and they had the margin not been three shots. They could have been humiliated beyond all belief. They really could have. He didn't touch that ball. They couldn't prove he touched it. And golf is one sport where you can actually take the golfer's word. He's an interesting character. Not mine um, if I'm playing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> a couple of years ago, uh, he was accused of failing three drug tests and disappeared from the tour for six months for what everyone thought was a drug suspension, but golf never fesses up with this. He went through a period where none of the blokes in the locker room would talk to him after he had a rumoured affair with another player's wife, Will McKenzie. She later come out and said, no, it happened after her and Will split up. So he's been the centre of a lot of controversy, but on that day, given that dodgy rule yesterday, even his, his uh, enemies thought, had he not won that tournament, it would have been criminal. Another amazing story that continues in golf, though, is Sergio Garcia. Now, he looked likely yet again before fading. Look, I found the moment that undid him, though. This is He sinks this one. He's in the bunker. An amazing shot. Goes in, pops it in. He's pumped. Absolutely pumped up. Going to stride forward to the next tee. He finds a bird. Little tiny baby birds. Hands it over. Look at that. Goes away. He's so concerned about the bird. Goes it again. Gives it to another, somebody else. Flies away. He goes to the next tee. It's all over. You can just see him from now on. He's just lining up and going, what's, what's, what's your point? With the bird? <laughs> what, what with the bird? What, what's your point, though, to kill defenceless small animals? So no, you, so you I didn't ask him to club it. <laughs> I just said move forward. It's a fair what point. Your game? What, is, what, is the, what is the point penalty well, for clubbing? I'm not, I'm not sure. It's got to be a couple of shots, doesn't it? I reckon, Tony, is, I, I went to his scorecard to try and disprove you. Thank you. But soon after that, he hit three bogeys yeah. in a row. 
And then his body language... You know how he's never won a major playing on the circuit for 19 years and he's got this ball and chain suddenly dragging behind him wherever he goes? His 20th top 10 finish in a major can't win one, but at least he saved the bird. Yeah. Mate, absolutely. I could, I could see him as I was standing over the putt going like this. <laughs> on the 17th, and he just looked up at the camera and went, the bird. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, <laughs> Jason Day was, uh, was out after the first round. Now, it was his worst uh, first round in majors, I think. He came good at the end, but it was all too late. And the weird thing is, he went into that first round with such confidence. Have a listen. I've never been more stressed in my life uh, than right now. Um, it's just because being number one in the world, having a lot of expectations on you, having to practice so hard to keep that um, number one spot and sometimes your immune system gets a little, you know, heated and, and it doesn't help that my father-in-law was sick during the memorial, so that kind of passed it along to me, so. And the dog ate my homework. All <laughs> <laughs> of that was before the bird. Yeah. Before the bird. His little bird died. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Spencer Levine uh, led his body language do the talking for him after the dud shot. Have a look at this. Nice swing. Nah, didn't go so well out of the rough. And this is a man who can't help us. <laughs> oh, yeah. We always knew someone would completely unravel and go mental at yep. this tournament. Yeah. Hello, Spencer, it's yeah. you. First major in four years. He snapped a few times before. But, uh, yeah, that was the meltdown. It was going to happen to you someone. You said it was going to happen at that yeah. course. I prefer, obviously, the calm approach of the great John Daly. Uh, he tweeted, I think, he says, I'm going to give myself <laughs> a two John Daly cocktail penalty <laughs> just for watching this tournament oh. <laughs> with Kelly. It was it peach tea, uh, lemonade and vodka? He really decided to have a crack at And he even oh. included the Twitter handle of the beverage sponsor. <laughs> so he's exactly staying right. on message, John. But I the... really hope he starts a sports academy with Chris Gale. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope he wasn't drinking the sponsor's product before and that afternoon. Uh, went back out. He just loves to hit golf balls off people's uh, uh, heads. Have a look. Oh! <laughs> that is going to end badly one day, isn't it? <laughs> oh. Terrifying. <laughs> Love you, Big John. All right, Australia and South Africa. The game was washed out in the cricket, so the Aussies need to beat the West Indies uh, tomorrow morning, our time to make the final. The groundsman, they, they did try to get the pitch dry using this brilliant... <laughs> ripping a bit of, uh, of the uh, groundsman's bed off and uh, then they bring the heavy artillery out crash. Like Jim's mowing. <laughs> <laughs> I love the West Indies. Like they, they put up the $50 million stadium but, and the ground staff's budget is about $8. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, well, I mean, it's it's like... still better than Amy Park. <laughs> 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 As umpires are being swallowed up by the world of DRS, one of the last personalities to raise the crooked finger has been dropped from the international panel. Yes, I'm talking about New Zealand's Billy Bowden crash. He's a character. The Aussies once voted him by a long way the most annoying umpire on tour. And we went to some of the players and said, why is that? And they said, because he just talks to you all the time, starts up private chats and then talks about himself in the third person, like... Billy's in good form, don't oh, you think? No. Oh, no. He's <laughs> such good form, obviously. Uh, look, there aren't many referees or umpires who deserve a farewell tribute, but Billy does. For what is a man? <laughs> what has he got? <laughs> if not himself, <laughs> then he has not to save <laughs> I took the
Side's got him. He is mad. <laughs> it's how he pops up at the end there. That I <laughs> Some of the batsmen clearly just didn't you know, agree with his person. <laughs> they consciously tried to kill him. <laughs> any opportunity they had. Oh, I, love it. I have the utmost respect for ball boys and ball girls these days. Now, just take a look at this uh, from the. Oh, well, this isn't the hockey. This is the baseball bat that gets caught up in the net. <laughs> isn't that brilliant? This, is, this guy has done this not once uh, and two consecutive games. First, get the ladder out for him. Uh, he, he's done it twice. He did the same thing a week before. Oh. <laughs> gets it caught up in the net absolutely brilliantly. Uh, that wasn't what I wanted to show you. What I wanted to show you was the ball boys and ball, ball girls. Uh, the ball girl, if I have a look now here, we do feel a bit sorry for them because they can get involved with the action. Uh, and if we have a look now, you can see that... Uh, well, you can't quite see it yet. The ball, Here we go. The, all, the top ball boys and ball girls... Uh, this is going to bring us to our top five eventually. Here it is. Why being a ball boy or ball girl can be a tough gig. Brought to you by Audi. First of all, obviously, getting oh, away oh, is always a hazard. Uh, look, he's all right. Stands up and has a wave. Uh, again, here. The look on his face. Kyrgios would have killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, you have to put up with uh, temperamental players. Look at the... the <laughs> Look again on this kid's face oh. <laughs> as he walks away. Uh, and this one, he look, throws the ball, not good enough. Oh. You, you've got arms and a racket. Why can't you reach over and get it? Oh. Two in a row. Shocking. All right, at uh, number three, getting in the line of fire can also be a problem. This girl obviously made very uh, stern stuff. Uh, see, oh. it's the whole ball boy girl. You have to have your hands behind your back at all times. Uh, this kid also. Oh. In football, they have a, they cross it. Yes, in front, front rather crotch. than behind. Yeah. I think would have been an advantage, Jules. Number two, uh, of course, falling over can be. A little bit Look at the concern. Nothing to see here. Wasn't me. Oh, good. And just sliding in and hooked up. But number one, obviously, having to put up with players trying to do your job for you uh, is also this kid so angry. <laughs> what? Hey, my job. Hey, there you go. <laughs> 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 Coming up, one of the Blues' favourite sons, Andrew Eddingshausen, joins us right here in the studio. Angley for the line taken by Eddingshausen. Eddingshausen winds up and it's the first one. Eddingshausen has got the pace. The young Jack Eddingshausen brings it back and he's got the pace. Kick, oh, the try! Eddinghausen gets it back for Daly! Daly for Eddinghausen! Eddinghausen gets a try! 
Yeah, some of the highlights from 27 Origin games from one of the greats, Andrew Eddinghausen. He joins us right here, right now. Joe, wish we were going to see some of that action tomorrow night. You're going to Suncorp uh, for Origin 2. How confident are you that uh, you will go home uh, one all? Well, it's a tough game up there. Uh, I remember playing my first uh, Origin game, actually, and it was at the old Lang Park. And, uh, wow, those uh, debutantes are in for a bit of a... Bit of a shake-up, but um, the good thing about game two, it's all, there's always a lot of points scored, and I think that, uh, you know, the Blues, the debutants who, who, who played in that last game will be so much more relaxed this, this game simply because they can put it all on the line. They know they've played that first game. They ha they're not going to be one of those players who only ever plays once for the Blues or the Maroons, so I think it's going to be an exciting game. When you get to Queensland now, though, do you still have people come up in your face and yelling, Queenslander, at you? <laughs> oh, you always do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even if they're down here in New South Wales. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter when you're following Queenslanders. It's so hard to come back with year. New South Welshmen, isn't it? It doesn't go roll yeah, off the tongue. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think they'll do well. Andrew, what about... <clears throat> you're an unusual amalgam because you're a tough player, but you were sort of debonair, the golden-haired boy, as we saw in the highlights. Glamour boys always cop it, don't they? They get tested and they get belted. Did you? Yeah, I, I guess uh, when I first came into the game, I was only 17, so you're sort of going to get hammered anyway. And it was back in the, the 80s when I first kicked off, and that was a real rough and tumble time. You know, it wasn't, uh, you know, it was a tit for tat. You could, they could basically do knees and elbows and, and all, all got, it, got away with. But, uh, yeah, the crowd um, used to give me some stick. And uh, you, the good thing was is if you were able to score some tries and have a good match and actually, you know, put your body on the line, so to speak, well... You got respect from the players and the fans as well. So, yeah, I hope uh, you know all those. Well, over the years, those Queensland supporters used to really give me stick. Such as from up on the hill. Oh, they'd call you a pretty boy. Go home. Et go home was probably the big yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was exactly the problem I had in my first few episodes on this show. <laughs> Just so good looking that I had to prove myself in the group before I'd win that respect. Well, you know? I can see that. Andrew, good looking guys often dress alike, and I've uh, picked that up. Oh, hello. So pretty exactly, boys. that's right, yeah. exactly. And speaking You're looking of... good tonight. <laughs> Thank you, so are you. Uh, it's a bit awkward now. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of fashion, uh, I've got a little uh, treat for you. Uh, Jeans West. I think Ooh. you didn't add for them in the 90s. Wow, let's go. Uh, let's so. have a look at some footage of, uh, of some of your best. Work. Drag this out. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> oh. There's a nice pair of slacks there uh, on a beach, and jeans are 40, they're still 50 bucks. Yeah, and no. this is my favourite oh, the Matthew Della Vadova shirt. Worn at any, every barbecue, that one. That was a, that was a beauty. Wow. Did you enjoy that side of it, though? Oh, it, it just came, uh, I guess, at that stage of the game. Um, the, the league was really trying to get uh, females watching the game again. And, you know, we came out of the 80s. It was a real sort of thug period, a lot of head highs and a lot of, you know, a lot of real grubby play. And uh, in the 90s, it's sort of the Tina Turner campaign came along. Um, you know, the whole uh, aim and, uh, and goals for the league was to actually attract females. And so they got a whole pile of us together, not just me, a whole, whole, <laughs> whole pile of dudes. And there we go, you know, oh, the, the yeah. Tina Turner, Wayne Pearce, little Alfie Langer. Yeah. <laughs> Better than he's ever been. He's still running around out there. He'll actually be running around tomorrow night, I think, with a water bottle. <laughs> exactly. Tomorrow. What was Tina like? Right. Tina was fantastic. Yeah, she was uh, so easy to, uh, to chat to. You could just sit around and just casually talk to her. De definitely uh, just an easy, easy person and fitted right in with the rugby league crew.
You're a Sharkies legend. It feels like 2016 is the year of drought breaking across all sport. We've had Leicester in the EPL. We saw in the last 48 hours Cleveland Cavs oh, doing it, which insane. wasn't that extraordinary. That was. I think the Blues are going to maybe do that over the next... Well, uh, can next your beloved more. club team maybe do it this year? Sitting... I'm hoping. I, I mean, I played 18 years for the team and I, I didn't leave because I just wanted to win a premiership with the Sharkies. You know, it was... You know, I had offers from other clubs to go to, but, you know, in the end it got down to... Who do you... You know, I sat on the hill as a kid watching these guys play. So, no, I think the Sharkies have got a really good shot this year. They've got a well-balanced team right throughout. Really good halves. I think uh, Maloney's in great form. Uh, you've got Gal working away there in the forwards. A really balanced forward pack and some finally some great backs. You've got Valentine Holmes. You've got Fecky. You've got a whole pile of the guys. Bird, who will play last night. And Benny Barber's been fantastic. So, a really well-balanced team. You look at the side and you sort of go, where, where are they... Where's their faults? And uh, I can't pick it at the moment, so I'm excited. You said you looked at, uh, you know, from the hill watching, of course, and you were very young when you started your Sharks campaign. You started your first grade. I think you were still at school. I like this. Have a listen. Remember this? <laughs> all the people at the school, even the teachers, you know, they're all pretty proud, I think, of someone from the school getting into first grade at Cronulla. What's Mum and Dad's reaction? Uh, they, they're just so happy. It's, uh, it's just a dream to them. <laughs> well, it's going back some. It's going back a long while now, but uh, yeah, no, it was a big thrill for the school, but a bigger thrill for me. Have you had a quiet moment recently and thought, if they do win it, what sort of what sort of reaction will we see? Well, it'll be massive. I think there'll be a uh, the, there'll be a, definitely be a, a full day off in the Shire just to celebrate, and I think probably a whole week for the team and the players and the and the real hardcore fans have been waiting a very long time. It's a tough competition to win. You know, I tried. We got minor premiers a couple of time, times. We, uh, we played against the Broncos when the Super League was on in the final, but we missed out there as well. And they've been in a couple of finals against Manly. But uh, always close affairs. And this year, well, I'll be sitting on the hill watching again. We're going to go to break. Can you uh, stick around with us? We'll get your last final thoughts on State of Origin as well. Andrew Eddinghausen no with worries. us. Uh, stay with us. Our champ of the week, up next. Welcome back. ET is still with us. All right, quickly, uh, summing up, who wins tomorrow night? Uh, the Blues, 21-14. Uh, Bang. 21-14. Yeah, Maloney kicks that beautiful field goal and just keeps us safe. I'm looking into your eyes and I'm believing <laughs> it. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, now, that leaves us with our Champ of the Week, brought to you by Audi. And the Kookaburras just continued to do the great stuff on the international hockey stage, winning the Champions Trophy in penalty shootout uh, with India. There was a bit of controversy, I think, yeah, uh, over one of Australia's shootout goals, Kel, but they, they got the job done. They the did, they did. I love the way this is a new-look penalty shootout, one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. It's fantastic. I think you've got eight seconds to score. That is a gold medal favourite now team what for Rio. What they should be doing in football as well. That's why soccer penalty shootouts should oh, be assigned. Yeah. Thank you all. Thank you, E.T., and thank you for your company. Enjoy your origin. This has been a production of Fox Sports.